You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, Alana Levine here. Together with Sam Mayer, I host How to Be More Chill, a podcast devoted to our beloved musical, Be More Chill. Listen, I just want to tell you that if you're around the weekend of January 25th, go to BroadwayCon. All of the fabulous podcasts that are part of the Broadway Podcast Network are going to be there live, interviewing your favorite stars, and BroadwayCon is just a blast. So get yourself to BroadwayCon, find the Broadway Podcast Network events, and if you love Broadway, you're going to love this weekend. Or pretend to check a text on my phone. Welcome to How to Be More Chill version 3.0. This is Sam. This is Alana. And our first three episodes of How to Be More Chill were the story of how Be More Chill got to Broadway with Joe Iconis and George Salazar and Jennifer Ashley Tepper and Will Rowland and Joe Trace telling us that story. Version 2.0 was really uh, the experience of being on Broadway. Jason Tam, Lauren Marcus, Stephanie Hsu came on and really took us backstage behind the scenes, a day in the life of starring on Be More Chill on Broadway. And now we are dealing with How to Be More Chill 3.0, which is this time after a six month blockbuster run on Broadway leading up to. Dun, dun, dun. Be More Chill is going to London. Off West End, February 2020. So we wanted to have some episodes in this interim period with some of the people involved with the Off-Broadway and Broadway production sort of looking back and talking about their experience on the show. And then we're going to get some people involved with the London production and get their take on how their life is about to change forever. Truly. I mean, the thing that's so exciting, Sam and I talk about this all the time, this show is for the fans. Everything that happens to be more chill is because of the fans. And the fact that now people who live in Europe and all over the world, maybe getting to New York was hard, but maybe getting to London will be a little easier. If you're in Austria, it might be a little easier. If you're in if you want to go, If you want to go through the channel, mm-hmm. you can get there that way. Whatever you uh, think is the easiest way and the most economical to get to London, look into it now. Thanks for joining us for version 3.0 of How to Be More Chill. Welcome to Super Quantum Unit Intel Processor. You square. Alana, today's guest, we, we've been waiting so long to get Stephen Brackett in yeah. the booth. He's here today. We're going to do this. What are you most excited about talking to Stephen Brackett about? Well, first of all, you know I think he's one of the most special, extraordinary directors on the planet. So there's that. Um, but the idea that he's going to take us from to River, to Signature, to Broadway to across the pond to a little place called London Mm -hmm. and really take us on this journey. It's happening right now. We're in real time. 
I cannot wait to get the scoop on this cast. I know nothing about any of them. I'm sure he knows everything about all of them. I, I cannot know. wait to hear about this. All Michael, I know is little things that I've seen online, like little snippets of social media where they're introducing us to the actors. Yep, and even that for the past couple of days, I just want, oh my God, I cannot wait for him to tell us everything the about them. The timing is amazing. Like amazing. It, we had tried to make this happen and then we were like, oh, it's not. But that it's happening today, actually, yep. there's like something in the universe that's converging in all the best ways to get a Stephen Brackett today. I agree. And this morning as I woke up, I was thinking about the fact that we're going to interview Stephen Brackett today. I was reminded that, of course, not only did Stephen Brackett direct Be More Chill in all its iterations Every so version. far. But he also directed The Lightning Thief on Broadway, which, as we all know, is one of my faves. And... We also might need to be reminded he's the director of A Strange Loop off-Broadway last year, which was incredible. That show is definitely going to have a lot of future life. It's the soundtrack that I've listened to the most over the past, like, three months. Um, And he directed The Mad Ones off-Broadway last year, which just came out with a cast recording that is, like, the highest on my list of cast recordings to go listen to. And, you know, the only reason I haven't yet is because I'll freak out and listen to it for weeks and weeks and months on end. The reason Stephen has done all these things, and they are so diverse in terms of the kinds of shows that they are, is one of his specialties is I, like, deep-dived into the world of Stephen Brackett as an artist, not just a beautiful human, is he is known for being someone that every new young lyricist composer in the musical world wants to work with because he's incredible at also like dramaturging the piece and really figuring out how to like create character and a narrative that really works as a whole play and to obviously bring exactly the right moment for when every character breaks into song and sort of how to do that in the most elegant way. So it sounds to me like he's a musical theater whisperer, and Mm. that's why he's so desired right now and forevermore. Um, And he just has this love and passion for musical theater that I think might rival ours. Not Mm -hmm. sure. Don't want to say that. Well, all I can say is, long story long, Stephen Brackett is at the epicenter of all the excellent, cool, young, hip musical theater from the past couple of years. And... I just cannot wait to talk to him. Stephen Brackett, let's do this. So we are here today with the extraordinary director, Stephen Brackett. He has been uh, someone that Sam and I have wanted to sit down and talk with for so long. Um, He is the godfather of Be More Chill, (laughs) and uh, he comes to us today from recently flying back to the United States, having been in the UK. Do you, Stephen, as you introduce yourself, say hello. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Have you found yourself being like, I don't know, putting on a British accent a bit now that you've been spending so much time there? No, but I think probably like it's bound to happen and it's going to be so embarrassing. Yes. I'm going to go full Madonna on everybody and just start incorporating it. it That does not seem embarrassing. That seems like a a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I I feel like it is important to even just ask this question because I certainly, I think I know the answer, but surely not. Like there's no British accents in the show, right? Like these actors are going to be performing as American kids in New Jersey. Yep, it's still going to be set in New Jersey. That was something that was really, I think, important to us from the get-go is that, you know, this is this is about kids from New Jersey, right? And I don't think it really would kind of um, 
survive a translation if we tried to set it somewhere in yeah. the kind of suburbs of of London, right? right? We don't know what that existence is. We don't know what that culture is, right? Um, uh, and so I think that was was important. And are there any things in terms of, I'm trying to think like from early days, the graphics that yeah. kind of promoted certain very specific American like for example, like, like a Seven Eleven or Pinkberry or things like that. Yeah. Are is Pinkberry is all that the same or will that be changed? Yeah, you know, we're gonna keep all of that the same. The and um uh, I think we're gonna have a huge learning curve, right? Um uh when we get this in front of an audience, we have a couple of things that we're like, oh, I wonder if the bar mitzvah line is gonna play, mm-hmm. right? You know? Um we have a couple moments that we're like curious about how things play, and we're expecting um, reactions to be different, right? Well, but, I promise you, yeah. there are a lot of Jews in London. So Don't many you Jews. worry. Okay, great. I have been there, and, <laughs> and they're all Orthodox. So not yeah. only will they know what a bar mitzvah is, they will have just come from. One. Yes, please. Don't you worry. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> but what I was thinking too is that, like, you know, when I see a British play and the references sometimes are a little obscure, like it's part of it. Totally. Like I kind of enjoy the fact that I don't know what they mean when they reference this weird pop culture thing. Yeah, and it almost just makes it feel exactly. And cool. So I wonder if a British audience will kind of respond in that way too. Yeah, I think that that's I think that that's hopefully the idea, right? Well, you've been um, auditioning all these British actors. We have. So have they talked to you about that? I mean, not to we're all over the place because we're too excited. We're so excited. We no, 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 it's good. Have those kinds of things come up? Like, tell us about being in the room with British actors as you cast this show, and what kind of conversations they've been having with you about this very thing. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. We we and, and exciting. We've had um, a mixture of. Um, people who came in really excited about the project because they knew a lot mm-hmm. about the project and they knew the soundtrack in and out. And then we had a bunch of people who this was their sort of first exposure to it. And that's, I think, what's really always been exciting about Be More Chill is that there's there's a, there's a difference in kind of... Uh, the world of Be More Chill that audience members are bringing in. Some people are coming in extremely devoted and some people are coming in because they were like, I heard this is a good show, right? Or um, their concierge recommended right? it. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, uh, and so I love that about this show, that it that it plays to both of those, those audiences um, and that we don't try to pander to a specific audience, right? Um, of course, we care deeply about our fans who are devoted to us, but we also care deeply about the people who are there to kind of hear the fundamental story, right? Um, uh, so it was really amazing in London to kind of feel that vibe too, right? Um, uh, but I think everybody is excited about the content, right? Um, uh, even the people who don't really have any experience with Be More Chill were like, oh my God, it's so fun singing that song, right? And then when we did some scene work and started to kind of unpack it a little bit, they were like, Oh my God! There's so much at play in this, you know. So, so it's it's catchy material, right? It's material that kind of sticks, right? So it was a really exciting um, process of uh, working with these actors and finding the people who felt unique and exuberant and like um, had a lot of heart, but also had a lot of. Um, soulful comedy in them too and so we found people that we're really 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 excited about when people first came in to audition like the very first round yeah uh, were you having them sing material from the show right away? Totally. So you skipped the step of bringing something in from your book. Yeah totally totally so um, uh, you know Joe's 
the 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 music and the dialogue are unique, right? And tricky in ways that you don't initially comprehend, right? And so we just throw them into the deep end right. and we gave them long cuts of the of the material, right? I think the riches that came in, we gave them the entire squip song. They had to sing the whole song for us. <laughs> Those poor, poor, poor people. Because that's a very vocally hard song, it's right? It's a hard song and yeah. it's also not short, right? right. Um, How long uh, is that song? Uh, I don't know, minute-wise. Yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah. Yeah, 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 something along that lines. Um, uh, and so, and you want to see them not only just like, can they sing it, but you want to see them try to hold up the song for for a duration, right? Because yeah. that song has a long way to go and you want to make sure that they have the kind of stamina, but also the technique to like, to hold that song up and keep it going. And we found a bunch of people who could really do that in an exciting way. Do they celebrate Halloween in in England? Uh, yes, because I was there, I think, like leading up to Halloween. I, I, I was there on Halloween. Oh, my okay. God. I was there on Halloween. Okay. Um, uh, I don't think it's as like boisterous of a tradition but they're definitely like the streets of of London were filled with people dressing up right Um, uh, so I think it's a thing but I'm not I'm not sure it's like as trick or treaty as it is. My experience from Paris, yeah. My experience from Paris and I bet similar is they love the fact that it's so American. Yeah, that it's almost like they're celebrating like wanting to like this part of American culture more than they are the actual holiday of Halloween. Sure. Can we go back? May we go back in time for a minute? Because Sam and I have really been marveling at the history that you have with this piece, which mm-hmm. goes back years and years yeah. at this point. And, you know, we come to it now as like rabid fans mm-hmm. that as time progresses, it it becomes more deeply important to me in some ways rather than less. There's something about... Not just the show itself, but the community around the show, yeah. which is why we do this podcast, yep. because it was really important to us when the show ended that all of the people invested in it beyond the creative team, yeah. the communities of young people and middle-aged people <laughs> like myself continue to have like a place to meet and love each other and talk about how this show sustains them sure. in all these different ways. So in some ways, it's like... This is for you for always. Yeah. Whether there's a production in your town right now or not, there's still a place that you can go and live in the safety and comfort and hilarity that is Be More Chill. I love that. And you are, in as much as Joe Iconis... And Joe um, Trace. And Joe Trace and, and Ned Vizzini and all of the founders of our hopes and dreams, mm-hmm. um, you have been truly like the curator, dramaturg, father, friend, God figure in terms of moving this thing forward to London now, but Mm -hmm. all along the way. And so it would be really amazing to kind of hear, like, we can't imagine any of these characters. Like, they all live. Yeah. Right? Like, they all live. You know, the way I can picture Abraham Lincoln in my mind right now. Like, these are iconic, iconic characters. And you helped build, you helped build it. So... Talk a little about how this came into your life and 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 how it's grown into this like epic thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I know mean, that's a big question. No, it's great. It's great. Let me let me start at the beginning. Yeah. And you guys can shut me up if I'm going into too much detail. But um, uh, 
I remember, so first off, I knew the Joes independently from each other um, uh, through an amazing theater called Ars Nova, mm-hmm. right? We all we all met at that theater, um, uh, and Joe Iconis was doing Blood Song of Love while, like, I think the year before I was the director in residence at that theater. So, the, so Blood Song was the first Joe Iconis show that I saw and kind of completely fell in love with, right? And um, had a kind of itch to get into a room with him. Um, uh, And so he wrote a couple of songs for a play that I directed, um, and I directed a couple short plays of Joe Trace's that led me to start working with Joe Trace on um, The Lightning Thief. And it was while we were in early stages of The Lightning Thief that I heard that Joe was working with Joe on Be More Chill. And at that point, it was attached to a different director. And I was like, screw that director it should be me (laughs) you know (laughs) I like I was like I was like you know you were right I was quieting down some like some like jealousy inside my soul and being like this is all fine this is all good right we were in um a workshop for The Lightning Thief when I heard that that director had to step aside, right? And that that director mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and we've never heard from him again. <laughs> Colonel Mustard with a candlestick in the drawing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so that was that was really my opportunity um, uh, and the Joes asked me to come in and pitch for the show, right? So I went in and I met with Joe and Joe and I met with uh, John Diaz, the artistic director, the amazing artistic uh, director of Two River Theater. And um, you know, like I brought in some research and I brought in um, some kind of visuals to talk to them about, but I think in that meeting we talked about um, the kind of joyful content in that show, but we also talked about um, the kind of beautiful heartache at the middle of it too. And then I brought in all of these visuals of like um, like Japanese street style and I brought in all of these things and I brought in like a really kind of like colorful, vibrant pitch board. And I was like, I'm not sure what this will turn out to be, but I think it feels like this, right? Um, uh, and wanted to have fun with this idea of... Um, technology as like a bright vibrant thing right and that it took kind of this ordinary boy into this kind of like hyper color crazy world and we just it opened up a conversation about what we wanted the show to feel like Mm -hmm. right and um it was after that moment that they that they said yeah this feels right this feels good why don't you um come on board and i was i have to say it was a really lucky moment for me because a lot of my background had been in directing new plays, but I had really wanted to shift into directing new musicals. And so uh, Percy was sort of like me really kind of like cutting my teeth on musical theater. And so for this to kind of follow up in the footsteps of that, I'm I'm really thankful for that. Um, And those two collaborations have really opened up a whole new world of musical theater for me in a way that I'm really excited about. I mean, no big deal. Two shows on Broadway in one year. <laughs> <laughs> so when when we loved Percy Jackson, Thanks. Um, when you begin in earnest mm-hmm. working on Be More Chill, has Lightning Thief 
had a production yet, or are you kind of balancing these two things at the same time? It's so funny. I I get it mixed up in my brain okay. in terms of like the order of things. the order of things because Lightning Thief had such a specific and wonderfully strange journey to where it is right now. Um, even uh, to New York. Even to New York. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think we had like sent out the one act tour of the lightning thief by the time we did at two river be, be more, more chill. chill at two okay. river but i could be totally wrong about okay. that okay. um uh but they definitely were unfolding sort of at the same time so first of all i, I told sam i just saw love and hate nation yeah so two river was like this I don't know, I'm going to get in a rocket ship and go to the moon. Like, I had never been there. Sure. I'd never been to this theater. I've heard so much yeah. about it. I suited up. Yep. And so for me, like, I could cry. But being in the space yeah. where this other thing that I love so much yep. was, like, born and yeah. and became the thing yeah. was so thrilling for me to, like, oh, I had the to the steps of your, of your former footsteps. I, I really. had to get there an hour early because I knew that it being the first time that I'd been there since Be More Chill that all this triggering stuff was going to well, happen. Yeah, totally, because totally. Be More Chill at Two River Theater for me was like a total whim. Yeah. I got in a car. I don't know what was pulling me. Looking back, it was definitely something. Sure. And like that was my first and only time there. And yeah. then years later... Going down, I, I got there at like twelve forty five yes, for the please. two PM show. Yes. Just because in the lobby, I was like, "This is crazy. I this know. is weird. It's a special place. It's a it's, special place. It's really, yeah. it's really great, and the people there are pretty phenomenal. Um, uh, and that was a really special time for us, right? Like, um, uh, it takes a while to figure out a musical, right? It just takes a while. And but what does that mean when you say that? And in, and in particular for this show, yeah. I mean, for 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 this show, I think we we knew what we wanted the vibe to be, right? Um, uh, and um, Two River was really beautiful and kind of gave us an open space to say, here's a little bit of workshop time. And so, like, I did a 29-hour reading, which was, like, kind of my first time touching the musical. And it's in those moments that you actually start to understand how the piece breathes and moves and who the people truly, truly are. Yeah. You know, like you have an idea of that on the page and from the demos. But for me personally, it takes getting in a room with an actor to really understand the ins and outs of it. Right. Um, uh, and so then that went into production at um, uh, Two River. And, you know, when you're staging something for for the first time and seeing it up on a stage for the first time, you're learning in front of an audience. Right. Because you've taken your best stab at it. You've taken your best guess at it, but you never really know what that's going to feel like until you get an audience in there. And that's why previews are so important because it's time to then kind of carve in to the musical as you understand it, right? Um, uh, and as you're getting feedback from an audience, right? Of saying like, oh my God, the audience is reacting to that moment in a completely different way than I had expected. Let's figure out what that is about um, uh, so that we can kind of make sure that it's lining up to what we want the moment to be, right? Um, uh, and so we had a really nice preview process there and we were getting a, real, a lot of really amazing feedback from the audiences there and the audiences at Two River are really generous they're really beautiful um, uh, and it was their first exposure to Joe Iconis and to us right and so we were getting pretty pure kind of feedback there um, uh, and we learned a lot about the musical and did as much as we could um, uh, at Two River definitely at Two River we felt 
felt like um, uh, there were more things that we wanted to do specifically with Act Two, but mm-hmm. we did as much as we could, right? In that time period. In that time period, right? And that's why I'm saying, like, learning about doing a musical is a multi-layered process, right? And so, like, that's why it's important for you to kind of cut your teeth on a production at a place like Two River that is um, uh, it is kind of like a, a home for a nurturing sort of production. Can I ask? Please. When did you realize what Michael in the Bathroom was going to become? I mean, we we that's a great question. We everybody knew the song was special, right? And um, uh, certainly, the first time that I heard George sing it, it was electric, right? Um, and so there is something really beautiful about the intersection of performer and song with George, and we're really, I think. Um, grateful that we had him um shepherd that song yeah, into what to it give birth yeah. to it yeah in yeah, that yeah, way. yeah yeah in a, in a really really exciting beautiful beautiful way um so we're grateful and but it's also really amazing to see other people put their mark on that song right um the song's just special right yeah. like even outside of the context of the show the song is special right yeah. um uh, one of my favorite quotes that i made up is we're all michael in that bathroom yeah 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 we yeah, are yeah, yeah, all, yeah like there are so many times throughout my day week year totally did i just say that like i'm like yep that's how it is yeah. we, we all are him in that i bathroom. do that very embarrassing thing of if i'm at a party and i don't really know all that many people and i'm feeling self-conscious i will pull out my phone and sort of pretend to be on my phone and i think about that lyric constantly right i think that that's what that song does is it taps into something that that is of course about an experience of a teenager, but as an experience as an adult, we can't necessarily let go of that experience, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so this 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 song about this boy having a little bit of a panic attack in a bathroom feels present to anybody with a vulnerable beating heart, right? Um, uh, and I think what's so beautiful about that song is it also... Um, uh, great, I think great musical theater songs you can lift out of shows, right? Yeah, you can lift out of shows and they can kind of stand on their own legs, right? And that's something that Michael in the Bathroom can do, right? Um, uh, and so we knew it was special, but definitely the first time we had in the audience, the reaction was crazy. It yeah. was just bonkers, yeah. right? And so it was that that, like, our first audience was that moment of like, okay, we thought that this song was this, but here's some some actual tangible proof that this song is what we were hoping it to be. Right? Beyond musical theater geeks like us. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. It's universal. Totally, totally. Yeah. And then I think the, the other kind of like big proof of that was the life that it had post that production, right? right? Um, uh, and so... Meaning it, the viralness of that that correct, song as a correct, standalone correct, experience. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's just a testament to what Joe is so freaking great at, right? Yeah. Um, uh, there's like uh, a loud vulnerability in Joe Iconis that is so beautiful. Um, uh, and that song just, I think, really captures that in such a gorgeous way. And in our culture, it was sung by a guy, mm-hmm. right? Like not a nervous girl, totally. right? So that was a whole other layer of giving yeah. it to the non-obvious totally. person. Totally. Um, and the person that we felt has been um, so 
vibrant and strong, yes. right? You know, like he seems Michael. Great. Michael is like you. Like you love Michael instantly. He's like the one who seems to have like figured it out, right? Yep. And so to give that character the cracking moment in the musical. Oh, is, wow, is I never such thought a, about it. Such that a like, yeah. such That's a cool. smart, smart, smart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's listening to Marley, yeah. right? Like yep. he's doing his own thing yep. and he doesn't mm-hmm. seem to care and and not be a conformist. Totally. Um, yeah, but that's his, I guess, Jeremy is his, right? Like what the blanket is to Linus, yeah. Jeremy was to Michael. Totally. I mean, it, in some ways, it's an unconventional love song, too, yeah. right? You know, those boys love each other. Whether they think about it in that way, those boys love each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think it's uh, up to the viewer to kind of fill in the blanks of what that love is, right? Um, uh, but um, it is, it is a. Uh, it's a breakup song. It's a song about, it's a song about, I didn't realize it up to this moment, but my being was with you, right? Like my understanding of me as a person was that you were a part of it, right? And so who am I now that you're gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that is moving to me. That That is like, that like makes me like feel, feels like even talking about it, right? Um, but that's what I think is so beautiful about that song is that there's a lot of layers underneath it in terms of we all make loving connections with people in our lives in different, different ways. And these boys were everything to each other. And so at some point for my Michael, where he actually says, like, oh, my God, who am I outside of that person? And am I just this stoner in a bathroom that nobody knows my name? And I'm just who who am I in this moment that I'm having this breakdown in this bathroom? I love how self-effacing he is in that song. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I could spend a whole podcast just talking about that. that, that I song. love it. I mean, we I, I feel like we've just peered into the eyes of a this is the brain of a prophet here. Like, this is so cool. Like, I'm freaking out at what you decided. It's very, very awesome. So to river ends and then you're you're in the camp with everyone else, which is like this morning. OK, this musical was great. I wish I had further life, but it doesn't seem to be yep. that that's going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then years go by and... Years and, like, many drinks with, like, the Joes and I getting together being like, why is is this not happening? Uh, um, uh, Yeah, and, I mean, I think people have a lot of different theories about, like, how the viralness of it all happened, right? Um, uh, It was me. It was you. Thank you very much. What's your theory? I'm not a big theory guy, right? And so I'm just kind of like, it happened. (laughs) Um, uh, But I think that there is like, there is something about, um, I think people were hungry for more musical theater content, right? Um, I think it happened to be at at a time where people were really starting to kind of trade information on social media, right? And I think it's a combination of, like, the cast album's banging. It's good. It's a great cast album. They sound amazing. The tunes are lit, right? And then the, the little bits of, like, visual content that were out there helped people be like, this looks like it could be cool, right? Yeah. You know, like there were videos of George singing Michael in the bathroom, right? There's like an amazing clip video of montage from Two River that mm-hmm. looks like amazing. I mean, that's what got me in the car to drive me to Two River. That yep. And then for years, the picture of, of Jeremy here in that Eminem shirt was yeah, just like yeah, 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 me yeah. thinking, I mean, that's cool musical theater. Yeah, if totally. the leading character is standing front and center and looks 17 and wearing an Eminem yeah, shirt. Yeah, 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 totally. 
But totally. I think you're right that the cast recording itself is just like too good to deny, and yeah. I think the world couldn't deny it. Yep, and that propelled us to totally. Off-Broadway. I know a lot of people who are like, I listen to that soundtrack in my car, right? And as a New Yorker, I don't think about that that often. But like, so many people have relationships to listening to music in their car or working out or whatever, and I think it became an album that people turned to because of its propulsion and its forward motion and and all of the like the beautiful nuances in it. And so that all sort of translated into oh my god a lot of people are listening to this and we tried and I would I will give props to Joe Iconis who is tireless in his efforts to say and have conversations with people to say look at this look at these numbers these numbers mean something right and he really was at the at the helm of that in a way that I will be forever grateful to mm-hmm. um, uh, and he's still doing to the states amazing correct, for correct. Be More Chill for Love and Heat Nation like I want him to have ten assistants yep. one day Me and too. all a whole executive staff under him because he's doing it all. It's yep. incredible. Diane to watch. Kitten does a lot. Yeah, I Diane mean, yes. but she only has two front paws. <laughs> There's only so many texts a day mm-hmm. yeah. that she can write. But she's doing amazing. She is. Props to Diane. She is. When when signature happens, yep. um, how do you find out that that's going to happen? So Joe was like. I think I found a producer who, like, understands what we're talking about. Mm. Um, uh, and that's how I met Jerry, our lead producer um, uh, to this day. Um, uh, Jerry worked at a college where they had just done a production of Be More Chill. Right. And so he... By the way, that's so crazy. It's amazing. Just of all it's the, amazing. like, it has to all be this way. It's amazing. And people, I think, literally flew from, like... Ireland to see this Japan, I think uh, Japan, yeah, to see this college production of Be More Chill. Oh, Jerry's production, yeah, yeah. They like the people flew in mm-hmm. to see it, and so he had some like firsthand experience with oh, there are people who are hungry to kind of see this, yeah, at all, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and then you know. Just through multiple, multiple meetings with Jerry where we talked about kind of catching him up on the production at Two River and what we understood the show to be and the scale of the show. And we went to a ton of theaters and it was um, uh, real luck that we found the Signature Theater, which was such a beautiful home for us um, to kind of dip our toe into Be More Chill in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, uh, we assembled our our team, our design team and our cast, um, which was like about like half the people from Two River and then half new people, which was really exciting to kind of say, you know, this is the show that we knew it to be, but we're bringing some like fresh blood and energy into it. And that was really amazing. Um, uh was Chase involved? Chase was, yeah, 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 yeah. Chase was involved and is, always. Is that a collaboration that had happened before, or was this a no, new no, partner ch- for uh, you? This was a new. I, I, this was, as I said, I had not really done a ton of musical theater, and so I was Which like, "Which is so funny because since then, there's like you are." The go-to. We have a new musical. We need it to be great. We're going to call it. Like that's you've kind. become. My life is very much about musical theater right now. Yeah. That's for sure. In yeah. a way that I'm really happy about. I yeah. I hope to be doing a new play sometime soon. Sure. But I I, I um, 
This just, ride is I, great. I love I, I love it, right? I love it. I love the bigger um, collaboration of working on musical theater. I love working with a choreographer. I love working with a music director. You know, like, all it just languages. is like all these things yes. just get bigger yeah. in a way that, like, steering the ship becomes, like, a much more, like, crazy, joyous experience. Um, uh, and so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was Annika Chapin who worked at Two River who was like, you should have a meeting with Chase Brock. And I met him and he brought in the most amazing source material um, that like included um, like Peanuts characters dancing. And I was like, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Where have you been all my life? Yeah. I love this. Um, uh, so, um, uh, yeah, so Chase was involved at Two River. Um, uh and the, I mean, the, I think the biggest impact was that we brought on Beowulf Borat as our set designer and um, uh, Alex, our video designer. Um, uh, and we so ad, the ad, addition of video was a really, really big thing for us um, uh, and um, was a really exciting um, kind of new addition to the team. Uh, and I had worked with Alex a couple of times before um, uh, and have loved the ways in which he's defined the show for us. Yeah. Um, uh, so it really did feel like a new visual vocabulary um, uh, that that helped kind of define the concrete spaces a little bit more. Sam, you can tell me if this is a terrible question for right now or okay, but in seeing Lightning Thief, in seeing Be More Chill, and then in meeting you, you are a very mature, grown-up, intellectually and kind of spiritually astute person who seems to me also at the same time to be able to tap into these young people's experiences like in a way that is astonishing. So where does that, like I can talk to you about process. Mm -hmm. I can ask you like, what did you and, you know, how did you come up with Brooke and and the collaboration between you and the actor? But what is it about these young people and you that seem to have this beautiful, seamless connection, even though you're like a brilliant grown up, erudite person. <laughs> um, uh, how do I answer that? That's fascinating. Um, uh, 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 I think the thing the thing that kind of maybe rounds out the other things that you've very beautifully talked about, thank you, um, uh, is that I... Your I, kindergarten I, teacher wrote me and told me all the things about you. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 I enjoy a sense of play in uh-huh. my work, right? Um, uh, and I love nothing more than when an actor makes me laugh or an actor shows me something that, that um, you know, uh, is, like, weird and strange but delightful. Um, uh, and so I think about the interplay of that a lot in my work, the playfulness of it, the comedy of it, but always wanting to make sure that we're keeping the the intellect and the heart alive too, but it's it's a combination of all of those three things that I think are real that are sort of the common denominator in Be More Chill and in Percy Jackson, right? And of course, some of my other work doesn't um, delve as much into play as right. as those two things do. Right. Um, they express uh, it differently. They express yeah. it differently. But these are they're, they're shows that have a sense of comedy at the the heart of them that that is unique and specific, right? And so. So, um, Were uh, you a theater kid? 
Yeah, I mean, my parents desperately tried to get me to play any sport imaginable, mm. and I was like, nope. the kid like picking dandelions by the goalpost, and like was parents were yelling at me. Where's right? your childhood? Uh, I was place? in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, uh, I grew up in a really beautiful suburb of Massachusetts uh, called Sudbury, and so finally they were like. Ugh, this this other kid is like doing some community theater. Why don't you like go with him? <laughs> and I was like cast as like the penguin in the pre-show of Aladdin. And this theater did these pre-shows where like um, the uh, bef- like the, before the show, all the other people who didn't get cast in the musical <laughs> come out and are like, "We're here to remind you of all the other shows that this play has done." And so I think my line was. A penguin was the star of our uh, 83rd show. My ma- name was Fliberty, as some of you may know. That was it. That's, <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's all that I had to say. And I loved it. Yeah. I just flipped out, right? And for me, it wasn't even necessarily about I get to be on stage and say that line. It was about community, mm-hmm. right? And it was about the people that were there um, uh, s- s- telling a story in a creative way. It was about hanging out with the kids and the adults backstage, right? Like, So it's interesting that it wasn't even necessarily about like a performance, mm-hmm. right, sort of thing, but it was about the world, right? And it was about um, like then talking to the audiences afterwards. So like if if I look back at that, I'm like, right, there was a, there was a director in there, right, who didn't know he was a director. But luckily enough, I had um, – a teacher in my high school who was like, Stephen, you're so opinionated about everything, right? Like, you want to create your own staging. You tell the costume designers what you want to wear. You know, like, they were like, you think like a director. Maybe you should think about that. And so I was lucky that I got to direct a little bit in my high school Mm. and then went to college and kind of really zeroed really zeroed in on that where did you go to were you NYU yeah I went to NYU I went to Playwrights Horizons which was a really perfect program for me because the the first year you study acting directing and design and then you kind of like slowly hone in on what you want your focus to be um uh, but it's also a program that teaches um based off of doing, right? Like, their whole thing is, like, practice, right? And in order to be a good theater artist, you have to know how to hang a light, right? And actually, that training has, like, done me very well in my career. I didn't go to grad school, but I sort of thought of my grad school as... um, uh, when I was an assistant, right? So I was an assistant director for many years and really learned about what it actually meant to be making theater in New York. So now that you're bringing this gorgeous show to London, I'm so curious, like, pretend Sam and I and every listener here has just been cast mm-hmm. in Be More Chill, yeah. the London production. We want to know about the London cast. That's a strange low preference. I've been yeah. waiting all day to I give it to you. We're all going to be listening. That'll be the cast recording for the outro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we want to know. How do you start? So I want to hear about all the people that are joining it because yeah. this is like the best scoop and we have you first and we're really proud of that. Yeah. But what's the first thing you're going to say? Like we're sitting around and, and it's our first day of rehearsal. How do you begin and what do you say? Uh, practice in front of oh us. Oh, my God. You guys. How do you begin? Um, uh, you know, I generally just – I um, – A – 
kind of acknowledge the artists that are in the room because it, it takes a village to make some something. Yeah. And I believe that that you have to um, oh my god! All the all the actors, if they listen to this, are going to be so bored on the first day of <laughs> Um, You know, like, but like, I, I generally like to kind of like take a moment to thank all the people that have gone up to that that moment of of getting us to this point, um, and acknowledging the kind of amazing artists that are sort of in the room. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what Be More Chill means to me. I'll probably get a little sappy, right? I'll get like super super earnest with it, um, uh, but for me. For me, Be More Chill is something about um, acknowledging that there are little demons inside of everybody, right? Like, everybody has, um, like, a voice inside of them that is holding them back in moments, Mm. right? And what I think that Be More Chill does is, like, really simply just, like, illuminates that as kind of a common um, thing of what it means to be a person and what it means to be alive, and that by actually acknowledging that and saying, I have that, but also you have that, but also you have that, it celebrates that a little bit, and it makes us feel a little bit more empowered that, like, we're never going to be able to get get rid of those voices. We're never going to be able to say, I'm completely on top of that demon inside my brain that is telling me that I'm a piece of, like, turd, right? But that, like, I can recognize that that is a common thing that many, many, many people struggle with, and so it can make me feel a little bit more empowered, and it mm. can make me celebrate it a little bit more, right? And that's, that is something that is really meaningful to me. Right. Like before the first day of rehearsal, I get really nervous. Right. And I'm like, they're all going to see that you're a hack, that you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Like and so like it's a it's a good reminder for me that like, oh, right. That's what this show is about, is that we're we're our own worst enemies and that there are ways to get through that if you put the work in. Right. If you put the work in, if you care about people, if you trust people, if you do all the things, things that it means to be good. Right. Um, uh, and I'll also talk about like that, like this piece to me is a little bit of a joy bomb, right? And that like the world needs moments to feel something that feels vibrant, that feels alive, that feels like it spreads a sense of the world that I want to live in, that I feel like other people want to live in. Um, uh, and so putting putting something up on that stage that feels radically joyous in that way is, is, a, is a little piece of, of activism in a, in a way that feels exciting to me. Yeah. This, this conversation has made me realize that my new favorite thing in the whole world is director first day of rehearsal speeches. Because I heard one this week for Emoji Land. Yeah. I've been in the room with you before yeah. for first day of Be More Chill Rehearsal. Ew, I sure cried so. on the first yeah. in front of everybody. <laughs> I felt like such a We all were. Fans, we all were. No, but no. it was a really beautiful First day Broadway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I feel like when a show gets to a point where maybe it's up and either and maybe open, I feel like maybe that's a cool thing to think about for the future that the, the world then gets to hear what the director said as the very first thing because that's the very, very center heart piece of the show. And the director leads with that, and I think that's such a cool way to describe it. And that's why it's so stressful for a director, right? Right. Like, you know it's an important moment, right? It's it's the first little bit of information about the art of the show and the feel of the show, and so you want to get it right. Yep. Right, and you want to communicate this is what the world is, and mm-hmm. so everyone understands totally. what is the At world. At least in a little yeah. in a little piece, right? Like, then you have a whole process to actually fully understand it, but, like, you want to introduce it in a way that feels impactful. Right. right? 
All right, tell us about these people. I cannot wait another second. Um, I mean, I think we're all dying to know about Blake Patrick Anderson, who's going to play Michael Mel. Yeah. Any any cool stories from the audition room from him? I mean, so listen, I have only had brief experiences with these people, right? They, I, the, these are my experiences with these people. They've come in for a first round of auditions, right? Then I saw them in, like, an amazing Chase Brock dance call where they got, like, really sweaty and really gross and really amazing. Um, uh, And then I had them for a round of callbacks, and that's it, right? So no offers, no straight offers. No. Right. You learned all these people through their audition process. Totally, totally. It was really amazing because, you know, um, uh, I know the the New York theater world pretty well, right? right? I do not know the people in in London as well, if at all, right? And so I had to rely on a really amazing casting director there, Will, who would be like, oh, this person's actually sort of a big deal <laughs> here, yeah. right? But like I had no actual sort of tangible knowledge of that. And so I actually felt like I was going in pretty blind. Um, uh, Talk about best person for the part. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But can you tell us even for Blake or anyone, like moments that really stood out to you that you're like, oh, yeah, that's it right there. He's Michael. Yeah. yeah. With, with Blake, there is just such uh, innate warmth Mm-hmm. to him that felt like all he had to do was walk in the room and I smiled, right? And um uh there was just something captivating about him before he even opened his mouth, right? And so immediately I was like leaning forward in my chair, right? Which is a good sign, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh his voice is gorgeous, is really, really beautiful. Um, uh, And um, uh, his scene work was really lovely. And I just felt, I was like, this is somebody that I trust to take on this part, right? Which is a tricky part with, with like, um, uh, uh, that that has been defined in a in a specific way. Right. His 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 Michael's going to be really different, right? And oh. that was something that was really important to us. Is that like we weren't cookie photocopying, yeah. right? Uh, because that felt like it would get us in the worst place, right? And if anything, I think that is the thing that I'm actually the most excited about with London. I love the actors that have come through Be More Chill and feel quite married to them. But I'm taking this kind of breath with this new cast mm-hmm. and being like, it's going to be different. Let's go on that ride. Let's learn. Yeah. With all of the institutional knowledge that we have, let's let it be a little different. Let's let it, like, let's let the relationships be a little different. And so that feels really exciting to me. And we felt that way even about our understudies in Broadway, right? That we didn't want them to be cookie cutters right. of exactly who the people were on stage, right? And so... But they're at least, you know, following the exact same dance steps and the exact same this and, like, going into this track. And so it's so cool to me to think that, like, the London cast who you're starting with rehearsal from from scratch, the whole thing could be, like, unrecognizable in a totally awesome way. Yeah, totally. And then, of course, the the base fundamental stuff is there for us to hold on to for those of us who are like, oh, no, don't change anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) For that to be there, but also, like, having these new... But that was already happening between Two River Signature and... The totally. Lyceum, right? Like these, yeah. peer, we're like, wait a minute, that's a new actor. Yeah. That's not the. You've added a new song. Yeah. What happened to? Yeah, you know, that's part of the. I love um, it. 
possessive and loving nature of musical theater fans. Totally. They take great ownership and pride yeah. in knowing every single thing. Yeah, totally. Um, so there will be people mouthing along the lyrics Correct. in the seats already. Yep. Okay, so that, go on. Give us more. Who's Jeremy? Um, uh, Jeremy is this really amazing actor named Scott. And um, we um, saw a ton of really amazing actors for Jeremy, but we just didn't feel like we had found him yet. Um, uh, And so we pushed to kind of do another round of um, auditions, and that's when we found Scott, and Will found Scott. Um, uh, And so... uh, the way that that went about is uh, they, um, our casting director, Will, had these Jeremy self-tape, right? Which means that their friend was reading the sides with them. And they're in their on, living in rooms. In their living rooms, right? And they sent us a video. And when we watched the videos, independently, the Joes and I were like, who is that Scott guy? Let's find out more about that Scott guy. And so I flew- Total consensus. Yeah. We definitely were like and, – and we saw – I think there were like – 10 guys, right? Mm. And they were all great, right? They were all great. But there was something about this Scott guy. And I uh, I flew back over to London basically just to see Scott, right? But we, we brought in some other people just so that, like, um, uh, in case things didn't work out, we were seeing other people. Um, uh, and he's just – he has um, – an approachable kind of equality to him that makes Jeremy's um, uh, anguish completely relatable. Um, uh, he <laughs> he um, uh, is a gorgeous singer. He's like a singer-songwriter. He, like, played for me one of his songs. Uh. And I, I mean, like, listen... If there's, like, a way to my heart, bring in a guitar and sing me one of your songs. It, I'm just like, I love you, right? Um, uh, and, and if so, you go to his website, like, I've already been kind of going to all of their websites. Yeah. And he's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you're not kidding. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's amazing. His songs are incredible. He's amazing. His songs are really beautiful. Um, uh, but there's, there, there is, there's a truth in which the way he tells Jeremy's misfortunes that both feel sympathetic, but also like there's a heart and a joy inside of them that feels like the magic combination, right? You know, like we want to both care about Jeremy's suffering, right? We want to believe in it. We want to, but we also, we want to participate in it, but we also want to root for him as an aspiring person, right? We want to root for him as somebody who can sort of get over this to be squip obstacle. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or even before he gets the squip, yeah. right? Like we want to root for him to be like, dude, you can be better than that. You can you you don't have to be such an asshole with with Christine. You can be a person. You can talk, right? And he manages to kind of get inside of that and translate all of that that you're just with him, right? Um and that has been an important quality for all the Jeremy's that we've we've looked for um that there be a real truth inside of that kind of that search for Jeremy. I wish people could see my face right now. I'm freaking out. Like flights.google.com. Can I? 
can so, you do this? Like, can you rehearse on one day? Because I'm ready for for first review tomorrow. I need to get on the plane. <laughs> I'm so excited to see these people. Stephanie Shu talked a lot about how her particular brand of quirkiness yeah. and your particular brand of generosity and making space for people to bring in their most deepest selves yeah. uh, is part of what made her Christine evolve. Yes. The freedom with which you gave her space yeah. to just do it wrong, do it right. Yeah. Um, that character has a lot of um, originality yeah. to it. And yeah. it can be anyone's version of what that is. Totally. So who is your Christine and what was it about her unique Yeah. I mean, first of all, her name is Miracle Chance. I... <laughs> How cool it's is amazing. that? That's... It's so amazing. It's so amazing. So, I mean... In I need a... to rename my children. Yeah. I did it all Miracle's wrong. an yes. amazing name. Miracle chance. I, I love know, it. I know, I know, I'm I know. I'm so I know. ready for her. Um, ready. Uh, when, so, like, the thing I didn't talk about in auditions, the first thing that I actually do is try to have a conversation with mm-hmm. the people that come in, right? Um, uh, I like to try to kind of get a sense of, like, like in a limited amount of time, you can tell a lot just a little, by, like, a little bit of banter. You mean beyond how are you today? Like, yeah. Or, like, or like, how are you today? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Um, uh, I have a lot of sympathy for actors coming into an audition room. It's a really challenging environment. I like to try to, as much as I can, make it feel like we're in the same room. We have the same goal. We're collaborating. We're collaborating. Even though this is an audition, right? Like, I'm rooting for you, right? Um, uh, and try not to make it look like a table of stern Mean, mean people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, with Miracle, just, like, the banter was great, right? The banter was great. I asked her about her, like, like I asked her about her parents. I asked her about, like, all of these things, and she was flawless. She was phenomenal. And so, uh, um... Wait, did they all break into American accents yeah. post-conversation? Or did are they talking to you? Are they trying to stay in American accents? No, no, they this? didn't. I mean, and listen, I, like... Yeah, yeah, no, nobody, no, I think nobody talked to me in an American accent, I don't think. And no one's American who came in? No one's American who came in. Okay. I think we had one Canadian, like one Canadian come in. Close. Close, close, close. Um, uh, uh, Miracle had the weird exuberance of Christine. She's got that in spades, right? You know, like she has that that beautiful kind strangeness um but she also really showed um moments of depth for Christine right and i think that that's really important and that's something stephanie and i worked on a lot is that it's it can be easy to write off Christine as just kind of like that kooky girl, right? Like floating like, above. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but like there are clues in the beginning of, of I Love Play Rehearsal. She talks about depression. She talks about like all of these little things that put it, – it's important that we put her on the emotional scale or playing field that we put the boys on, right? And that's always been really important, right? And so Miracle was able to tap into that and and show me both sides of that Christine in her um, uh, audition in a way that was like I'm s- 
so thankful Miracle said yes because we did not have like a deep pool of people that could really manage to show all the things that we need Christine to be. Um, uh, and so she did it really beautifully and pretty effortlessly. Um, so I'm excited for her. In the same way that I was excited for Stephanie, it's exciting to have these non-traditional ladies step into a Leading female lead. Roles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was really um, beautiful and pow- powerful for um, me to watch Stephanie take over being the like take on being the lead in a Broadway musical right and um my high school just did be more chill right and oh so God. I went to a rehearsal and they did some numbers for me um, can you uh, imagine being a high school student performing be more chill in front of Stephen Brackett amazing. it was pretty That's amazing so cool. we had a really really great time and afterwards there was like a long Q&A and then like some of the students hung around and a student came up and was like I just want you to know having Stephanie as the lead in your musical is representation that matters to me and is something that I was like that she was like as a young Asian woman that meant something to me seeing that that made me feel seen and I was like don't cry in front of this kid don't cry in front of this kid I'm crying in front of this kid yeah 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 but like but that that mean that means something and I think that that like that that conversation gets lost a little bit sometimes in terms of, of Be More Chill, right? And I, that's something I feel really, really radically proud of. One of the things I was proud of, too, is that the the press noticed that mm. about mm. Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Like, she was constantly brought up in reviews and in features about the show. And, like, it was really great to see that, that people were recognizing that and noticing that and seeing that she was a leading lady yeah. on Broadway and yeah. not just this, like, you know, yeah. additional female character totally. in the story that totally. she really there, there's a lot of people who feel like Christine is the heart of the story of B. Marcello and yeah. I, I think those people are not incorrect totally you know there's 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 something at the that the center of B. Marcello that is saying we're taking secondary characters and putting them in the spotlight right and so the like if you consider the three leads as Jeremy, Michael, and Christine, those are secondary characters, right? But they are just zoom the camera focus and put put the camera on them, right? And that's that's I think one of the delightful things about Be More Chill and why I think a lot of people feel really seen by the musical is because it's not focusing on the romance between Chloe and Jake, right? It's not it's that that's not where this musical finds its soul. Right. The way Gossip Girl. Sure. Or, I mean, great show. Great show. By the way. Great show. <laughs> by the way. But just, yeah, I feel like that, what you just said, the sort of panning the camera left. Mm-hmm. By the way, not that this is the Stephanie Shue episode, though all episodes should be the Stephanie Shue episode. Should if be. you, What's been extraordinary is if you watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, she is stealing yes. so much of the series. Cool. And she is... Abs- like she's the romance, she's the love interest, yeah. And she is coming in, and the very first thing when you meet her, it's hilarious. And she's so you'll see, I she can't is wait. unbelievable. I can't she's, wait to watch it's the other. Unbelievable, and you'll also just feel so proud that you knew her when. Yes, that's all. She's that's a all. she's a star, right? Yes. Like the world is not ready for what she's gonna do. She's, I agree. I I I am so in love with her. I think she's amazing. But also, I guess what I want to say is, to your point, what she's doing in this show that is is very, um, 
I don't know, it's, it's got a style, mm-hmm. is doing her own style mm-hmm. within the style yep. so that she's completely herself. Yeah. She is not moving cam- – she's not panning the camera right yep. to get back – oh, like, this is TV. Like, anyway, it's yeah. so charming and hilarious and amazing to get to this point of diversity, yeah. which was front and center in the casting of Be More Chill, the yep. American version. Was that part of your um, hope – and mission for the London version yeah, as well. Yeah, and it will be at the heart of of if we get to do this more. That it will always. always it we will say always, more is always. It, it will, will always be done. It will mm-hmm. be. Yeah. At, it will be at the heart of of the show. How you cast forever, yeah. forever. Um, uh, and um, we're we're excited about the diversity in London and um, uh, have some really. really we, the cast is just is just great. Uh, Tell us about your squip. He looks yeah. very handsome. He's so handsome, there y'all. There is no diversity in terms of handsome the, in your cast. He is so handsome, They're Stuart. Handsome. Um, uh, uh, I had actually seen him in a production of Assassins at the Menier Chocolate Factory ages ago. Oh, cool! Um, so uh, he is so one that you had seen before. I had seen That's him. Cool. So, like when you he like, came finally. in, I was like, I know somebody. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think he was just when he came in, he was in a production of Fiddler. So he had the most gorgeous long hair. He had this giant beard, and I was like, I'm obsessed. I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, uh, he is Squip as Tevia. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> or Tevia Squip. Yeah, I like that yeah, even yeah, more. Yeah. Yes. He brings a real intensity to the role of the Squip that I think is going to feel new, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, like you don't mess around with his Squip in uh, a way that felt really, really, really captivating and and dangerous and scary. It should right? be scary. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's cool. Uh, and so we, I mean, we have had an embarrassment of riches uh, with the squip from Eric William Morris to the amazing Jason Tam, now to Stuart. We're, we're really seeing people redefine this part. And it, it is really a part that is so flexible based on the actor mm. who interprets it, right? Um, uh, and so I'm actually really excited that it is yet another version of the script to see, right? Um, uh, and um, he's a great actor. His voice is unbelievable. Um, uh, but there's a, just a real a real stature and a real presence to this dude that I think is going to be pretty remarkable up on that oh stage. God, Which so is excited. great, because you're dealing with high school students, so you need the script to feel like yeah. a scary grown-up yeah. in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. I, I was terrified of Jason Tam. So he was terrifying. I am totally. so excited to hear that someone's even – like, that's crazy. It's even more terrifying. Yeah, 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 oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm be holding I mean, on like, to my it, seat. It, that, that's what I'm excited about is that, like, um, I'm not even going to be – in any way tempted to be like, well, Jason Tam did it this way, right? Like, I'm not going to be tempted in that way with any of these people because they're carving, they were carving into it with their own brains, their own hearts already, right? So that made me get really excited about it. Were Joe and Joe in any of the rooms with you when you were doing auditions in London? So no, no. I mean, Joe Iconis was like knee deep, deep in Love and Hate Nation. And, Hate Nation. Yeah. and Joe Trace is, is a showrunner for his own show on Netflix. So, um, uh, so no. So no, right? Um, uh, luckily, we all trust each other very, very much and we videotaped everything so, so that I could like, talk to them. So you'd be like, this is who I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we showed them all of the kind of like 
the top tiers, right? Contenders. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they would watch, and then we would have a conversation. And I would say, like, 99% of the time... Uh, without any conversation, are, are we all see the same thing, which oh, is cool. really, really helpful. Are any of these actors on TV shows or in movies or things that we can watch before we get to London, or are they all mostly... I mean, we can look that up I ourselves. I think that they are mostly Young theater, theater stars. Yeah. Like, we have two girls who are in Sixth the Musical, um, which I saw when I was in London and freaked out mm-hmm. over. I flipped out over... Um, uh, but we have uh, Renee and Millie who are playing uh, – Renee is playing Jenna and Millie is playing Chloe. Um, uh, and so I think in London people are excited that a couple of the six girls are are in Be More Chill. And like even if they weren't in six, they're so flawless and phenomenal cool, yeah. um, uh, uh, that they, they – you know, like they, they were clearly the people for the job. Um, uh, and um, there's a real kind of like – there's a real sort of like beautiful, youthful exuberance to to the London cast that I think is going to be really exciting. Um, uh, Will there be a cast recording? Do you think is that being? I don't discussed know. We, or we have not. Dis- we have not discussed that at this moment. We definitely. We know we already have two cast recordings. Um, I wouldn't say it's. Never out, say n- never. Never say never, right? Um, but it has not been part of the conversation now. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So do you audition band members the way – who's so putting ba- the band together? So band um, really is a conversation between Joe and the music director. Okay. Because um, uh, that's another cast member that's that just is, like – That is totally another cast member for sure. Um, uh, and again, we'll really rely on our um, music director – over there, who knows the pool of talent more more than we do, right? Um, uh, so that's a that's a conversation that we haven't gotten too deep into, but it's sort of on the next batch of things that we have to figure out. Where are you going to live when you're there? Great question. I don't know. You don't know what um, neighborhood uh, we, yet. So we rehearse in Waterloo, mm-hmm. and they said that they're going to house me somewhere sort of near there. So I think I'm going to be in Waterloo, okay. which is uh-huh. great. That's where we find mm-hmm. you. Yeah, so just walk around Waterloo, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe I'm there. Um, uh, but it's it's where we held our additions, too, so I know the neighborhood a little okay, bit. Good. It's really, really sweet. I found, like, the local pub that will be my, like, hangout spot. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And just so everyone's clear, the, the, the theater's called The Other Palace. It, you can see Buckingham Palace when you step outside of this But this theater. is The Other Palace. It's The Other Palace. The well, other. The Palace Theater's where Hamilton is. So no big deal. We're in The Other Palace. Yeah. But it's literally right next to Buckingham NBD. Palace. Yeah. And is, isn't it remarkable how that space feels so much like the signature theater space of London? Yeah. Like I walked in and was like, this is the signature. It's amazing. Yeah. Same vibe, same feel, giant cafe lobby area. Yeah. It, it's incredible, those similarities. Yeah, the facilities are really beautiful and modern, right? Like I think that that's what, that's what that feels like. So is, when you mentioned Jerry earlier, the angel producer who – who really helped make this American production mm-hmm. move forward. He's involved as well. Yeah, he's the lead producer um, along with Lisa Dozier. Um, uh, and they are sort of at the the front and center of making this happen. We have a general management team that's London-based. Um, but yeah, Jerry is but still very much at the But there's great continuity. Forefront. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So we have asked every guest on this show to finish this sentence. Okay. Um, 
I will say it unless there's any question, like burning question you want to ask even before we let's have a question, but more of like a, a tying up what, what you said earlier, which I think is very interesting. I, I think I figured out the answer to the question of how and why is Stephen Brackett so good at these pull, pulling out the, these incredible moments in these young people in musicals. And I think it's because the way you asked him the question, you, you described him with some adjectives and descriptors like, you know, emotionally astute and a grown man and all these values that we, we typically uh, apply to people in their, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s. And what I think it is, is that, and tell me if you agree with this even, is that you make those young people, you, you find the, the truth in those young people and that they are those things as well. Mm. Even though typically as a society, we don't think of young people as normally those things. Our teachers in the, in the Right. Line. Yeah. And it's, it seems to me just from seeing The Mad Ones, A Strange Loop, Be More Chill, The Lightning Thief, that what you're really good is, uh, is championing those young people's validity as, as humans who aren't just to be dismissed as young people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at any character in any circumstance and give them the benefit of the doubt, right? And think about them as complex human beings, right? Um, and so I try to do that in all of, all of my work. And, uh, you know, I love, I love spectacle and all of that, but the thing that I get really excited about is relationship, right? And um, uh, so that is at the, the forefront of, of, of everything. So, yeah, I think I try not to think about them as teenagers or kids, right? I try to just think of them as people. It's like the Lightning Thief Twitter account once said, you know, everyone's talking about how this Twitter account seems like it's run by a 14-year-old girl. And the, the Twitter account was like, isn't that awesome? Like, yeah, totally. 14-year-old girls are amazing. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. Like, that's a cool thing. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's what I want to say. But Alana, we'll, we'll close this out with this question that we close out every episode with. Great. So it's like a fill-in-the-blank okay. kind of thing. Uh, be More Chill is... Uh, Be More Chill is like an explosion of like heart and feeling and sense and um, joy. Amazing. Steven, thanks so much for spending time with us today. I can't wait for the world to hear this interview. Yay. I can't wait to see the London production. You're a dream. You're at the epicenter of every one of my favorite musicals of the best decade. Thanks, it's an honor Steve. to know you and be in the room with you. Thanks. Thanks. This was really fun. I appreciate it. Oh, we loved having this time with you. Thank you, Steven Brackett. Thanks. Come on. Come on. Go, go. Hey, you can find us on Instagram at How to Be More Chill. And one quick thing before we go, could you go to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen on and just take a moment to rate and review us? We would really appreciate it. And do not forget, this is Alana. This is Sam. Tell us how to be more chill. Never hung with a girl like you before. I don't know if you know it, but I am sure that for me you are an upgrade. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Schmidt. Are you in love with the podcast you're listening to? Kevin Jager here. Did you know it's part of the Practically Perfect Broadway Podcast Network? And I'm Brian Plofsky. The Broadway Podcast Network features over 30 podcasts to feed the theater passion in all of us. Feed me, Seymour. Wait, over 30? I feel like I'm running out of time. It doesn't have to be agony because we have a very good place to start. 
try out the Broad Wasted podcast with the three of us. And yes, it is what it sounds like. Join us every Tuesday for a hilarious happy hour with the best and brightest on Broadway. We drink, play games, share laughs, and did I mention drink with your favorite Broadway stars? From Jeremy Jordan, Patty Murin, Jessica Vosk, and Carolee Carmelo. To James Monroe Eigelhart, Sierra Bogus, George Salazar, and Alice Ripley. We have too much fun with too many friends of the show to mention. And on BPN, there's a whole new world of theater podcasting at your fingertips. Alongside the Broad Wasted podcast, you can just discover other great established shows and exclusive podcasts that were made just for the BPN network. So defy gravity and fly on over to broadwaypodcastnetwork.com or go direct to our page at bpn.fm backslash broadwasted and follow, follow, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at broadwasted and the network is Broadway Podcast Network. We just can't wait to be a part of your weekly theater podcast lineup. Thank Thank you and cheers. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure to visit us online at broadwaypodcastnetwork.com, on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network, or on Twitter at BWAPod Network.